Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is the last Monday in September. That is right, September 27th, 2021. Goodbye, September. Goodbye, Q3. And hello to Q4. Do you remember in 2020 when you were sitting there thinking that time was going by so slow and you were like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for 2021 to come. And now 2021 is almost over. To give you a sneak peek for October, we have Severend, Equifruit, and Blue Water Cranberries. You know what? We've got an awesome lineup and some awesome stars coming to deliver dynamite content for the industry. Now, today we are in part three of Joe Exotic, the judge, and the journalist, everyone, with my co host, Michael Chavez. We are going to find out more about the case and justice for Joe and hear a little bit more about the Judge and the Journalist podcast. So get ready to find out what Joe Exotic's favorite fruit and vegetable is. And a big shout out to all of our sponsors here on the podcast Terra Exports, Ag Tools, Flavor Wave Fresh, Noble Citrus, Buck Naked Onions, Owyhee Produce, Equifruit, Arctic Apples, Indianapolis Fruit Company, and John Green Logistics. Also, look out for our virtual networking event for October. It is on October 13, 2021, sponsored by Equifruit. And without further ado, let's get Joe Exotic, the judge, and the journalist on the line with our co-host, Michael Chavez. Hey, Mike. Welcome back, man. Hey, Pat. Great to be back. Hey, listen. We're here. It's the last Monday of the month, and we're going to find out Joe Exotic's favorite fruit and vegetable it seems like banana is the choice, number one choice at this point, and eggplant is number two. And Mike, as we talked about all through these weeks, you can't travel around a zoo with an eggplant, maybe a banana, but it's got to be something that's mobile, everyone. So we are going to tell you today, and I'm excited, Mike, I'm excited that you're back, and we got Teresa in the green room, we're going to bring her on in a second. Uh, but I mean, how do you feel? Do you think that someone's going to guess the answer of what Joe Exotic's favorite fruit is? I've been anxiously waiting. I'm sure just like all the listeners, I did a little research. I'm not going to lie. And I changed up my thought process. I Googled what type of fruits and vegetables do tigers eat? Because I'm guessing that Joe being mm. such a tiger enthusiast, he's going to mirror what they eat. And I saw <laughs> interesting information where they like eating kind of lettuce but also berries that kind of caught me off guard. So maybe strawberries, maybe it's going to be grapes. One of those berries. I don't know. Let, let, let's find out here shortly. Mm, very interesting, everyone. And I remember hearing about that, that tigers do like berries, like bush berries. There's raspberries, there's blueberries, there's strawberries. So very good point, Mike. Very good point. I'm still thinking long and hard about the vegetable. I, I it's sometimes, maybe it's just me, just corn comes to mind. I could see Joe just chewing on a piece of corn. I don't know why. It just it comes to mind of him, him loving corn. So listen, we, we could probably go all day, all night guessing about what somebody's favorite fruit or vegetable is. Um, so we're going to do that later. We're going to hear his favorite fruit. But let's get Teresa from the green room. So Teresa, welcome back to the show. 
Well, thank you for having me back. This has been a fun month. It has been a great month. One, we're talking about The Judge and the Journalist Podcast that is covering the Joe Exotic aftermath of the trial, right? They're talking about what nobody else is hearing. And that's what we have. We have this never before heard audio from the Tiger King, right? I mean, some of these interviews go back to 2014 when Teresa first met Joe. So I think it's just incredible learning more uh, about this man. Uh, again, there's always two sides of the story, especially especially Teresa in Hollywood. And so true, by the way. And just FYI was announced today that the Tiger King 2 is officially announced that it's coming out by the end of the year. So we have a whole new season of the Tiger King to look forward to. What the hell oh, man? <laughs> Exciting stuff. Can't wait. Not going to lie. That's going to be uh, definitely in my watch queue. Yeah, they promise it's going to be just as much, you know, craziness as the first one. So we shall see. Listen, I'm I'm more or less like Teresa, you've you've known me over the last year. I'm such a true crime fan that it, it gets me like I can tell when when the Hollywood takes over. Right. Because you can see how they're trying to dramatize something so much more than it actually is. And yeah. you're like, wait a minute. Is this really what's going on is or is Lieutenant Kenda like, is that his cue to say what he needs to say? You know, you know what I mean, Teresa? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this a little bit more. We want to hear from Mr. Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. And today we're going to hear about a little bit about the animals, um, how he treated the animals. And we, we thought that some of this audio was perfect. Uh, for closing out this segment of talking about the judge and the journalist, which you can catch on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple every Friday, there's going to be more to come, especially with season two. We're also going to talk about what Joe did with some of his profits inside the zoo. I think that's important because as if you're a, if you're a produce person listening, zoo, farms, Mike and I have already talked. You've heard it from Mike. It's kind of very similar in the way we do business. We just want to keep Carol Baskin out of the produce industry. <laughs> so, and then we'll also talk about more of these profits, you know, how the profits go to the animals. What do they go about doing for those? And then we're going to hear Joe's favorite fruit and his favorite vegetable, everyone. Uh, but before we get into that, Teresa, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the show. What can we expect over the next couple of weeks? Well, uh, um, upcoming episode is, is really interesting. If you're interested in sort of the whole legal system and how it all works, especially when it comes to federal because Joe spent his time in a federal courthouse. Therefore, the rules are very different than a state courthouse. And, and, and my co-host, you know, Judge Susie, is a state judge, not a federal judge. So we brought in this guy. We're doing two episodes with him because he had so much to say. So one is this Friday, and then, the, and then the next one is the following Friday. His name is Todd Foster. He's from the Tampa area. He is a rock star. Um, he was a federal, he was first and foremost, he was an FBI agent, which we found really interesting. Then he became a federal prosecutor and now he is a federal defense attorney. So he was able to give us the whole package, like how the FBI would get involved, how you get indicted, what that's all about, what the rules of the federal courthouse are. And then of course, in, mixed with all that, you hear we hear a lot from Joe about his thoughts about what his attorneys did right, wrong, or otherwise, things that he thought 
were, you know, a problem in the trial itself. And um, it's a, it's really interesting. I was fascinated by what he had to say. I'm fascinated with that process too. Mike, we yeah. talked about this. You've been to court. I've been to court. It's a horrible process. Altogether, it's just a horrible process. And it's not, even if it's something as small as a speeding ticket, right? It's still a crazy process. And if you don't follow that process right, and that, well, you really, done. I mean, the thing about the feds is that they win their cases like 97% of the time. So they don't go to trial unless they're pretty sure they're going to win. So you are, uh, it's a pretty scary thing. Yeah. To if you get indicted, I keep thinking of like, what's that movie, Mike? Uh, Fun with Dick and Jane with Jim Carrey, where he's like, indicted, indicted, <laughs> indicted. <laughs> like, But yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, when you're being indicted by the federal government. Yeah. I mean, that means you're right, Teresa. They've got more than just a little bit of evidence. They've got concrete evidence against you. And they have deep pockets. And you know, what's really interesting to me is in order for something to become a federal crime, all you have to do is, is use a device to cross a state line. So if you call your friend in Nevada and there's something going down with that, you're in federal court now. Yep. You and you know what that's called? State line. That is called interstate commerce. Once you yep. once you get into interstate commerce, that is yep. considered federal. It's not at a state level anymore because you have left the state. If you go from San Diego to Fresno, totally different story. You're, you're rather in a state courtroom than a federal courtroom. So, well, I can't wait. There's so much more to come from the judge and the journalist. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to keep listening every single week to what we are producing. But let's get back into Joe because- I, I want to talk a little bit about the animals, right? Uh, because if you watch the the Netflix documentary, no one talks about how happy the animals are, right, Mike? It, it's crazy because when Joe's walking in the in the zoo, he, the, all those animals are sure following him. He's got a monkey on his back. He's got all this stuff going on at all times. It seemed like they were pretty happy, you know? I mean, Teresa, you were at the zoo. I mean, Mike, what do you think? I mean, no one focused on the animals, right? All this PETA and all these regulations, no one was focusing on the animals. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, the uh, takeaway is, bottom line, it's Tiger King, uh, operative were their tigers. See them, you, they talk about some of the uh, the negative uh, stuff that went down, you know, second episode. I think they show uh, uh, Saf getting her arm, you know, torn off. But no one really talks about the quality of life that the uh, the tigers were provided by Joe and his team. Yeah, so uh, that's what I, I was struck when I went to the zoo at the way the animals responded to Joe, because not did not only did he love the animals, but like when he would just walk down the pathways and there were cages on either side, they would all run to the cage and he'd stop and he'd kiss them and he'd pet them and feed them something and you know it was just this love relationship. And I said to him, you know these animals seem really happy. And well, why don't we just listen to what he had to say to that? Cause it was really terrific. Our animals here are extremely happy. Uh, there, there's not out, out of 180 cats and, and 800 animals. Uh, I cannot even photograph one of them because they're up at the fence wanting to kiss on you. So you can't get a picture of anything around here, but I can interact with with every animal in this facility uh, because they know that they're safe. They know that they're taken care of. And uh, they know, animals know whether you are real or, or not. And, you know, a lot of our staff try and, and do what I do. Uh, and they can't because you have to have it in your soul. Would I love to have a 100 acre compounds? 
you know, to where they could be as free as, as free could be possibly in today's world, that would, that would be amazing, amazing. But it all takes money. You know, again, Mike, it's crazy is every time I hear Joe talk from this different light, regardless, I mean, you could tell even in the Netflix documentary, he had some of these traits. But if you listen to him truly, I mean, dude, I was just having this conversation with someone today about relationships in our industry. You know what I mean? Uh, we're talking about communication. There's no difference. Look, look what he said. He just said it. The animals are extremely happy. They had over 800 animals and ready. They knew they were safe, just like employees. Right, Mike? They, they know they're safe when they when they have job security, when they know they're getting paid, when they know their, their work is going the right way. Am I right? I mean, it seems crazy. I think that's very relatable to our industry with relationships. And it's not always just a relationship of a customer uh, with an owner or a sales rep. It's a lot of internal factors uh, and employees. Bottom line, we have a lot of employees in our supply chain. Um, I think Joe had a very personal with each and every one of those 800 animals that he had. My industry, I know I can walk out and talk to, and I can talk to them about anything. So I think that connection is very relatable. Very interesting how this Tiger King ties back to the produce industry. What it does. <laughs> it really does, right, Teresa? I mean, it doesn't yeah. feel, it's crazy how you can relate it, but there's so many aspects, again, about a farm, about ag, about produce, about, it's just, it's crazy well, how it all that, ties in. Not only that, but think about, you know, his hardest times at the zoo were in the winter, you know? And because you didn't get the people coming in that would come in in the summer. So the crowds were much lower, less money coming in, you know, everything a little, some of the stuff he needed more expensive, you know? And so much of, it's almost like people that do their Christmas sales, like much of half the year he was preparing for the other half of the year when he was going to have a hard time bringing in cash flow. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense too, to the produce industry. Mike and I know about this very well. Um, cause we've been involved in our family's businesses, but back in the days, ready, Mike? Oh no, we're saying it back in the days, there used to be times where our parents' facilities would be completely down for the summer, completely down for the summer. We would make a citrus farmer. If he just had navel oranges, right? Those prime navel oranges, Teresa, that you get, you know, during March and April, yeah. um, some, some farmers only do that from November to April done. Yeah. And they would have this whole time. And a lot of that time during the summer was really preparing for that next crop, trying to make sure you had the sales, trying to make sure the water, the supply, the labor, while other people were still going year round, right? Because it was certain weather conditions, you can't grow those commodities year round. So um, I, I think that's interesting. And this also goes back to, you know, when Joe called Bentonville, Arkansas, right, everyone, and, you know, started to make the deal with the meat, okay? These are things that he was getting ready for cost cutting, for savings, right? There was multiple programs that he was coming up with because look what Teresa just said. Part of his year, he had no income. So he had to still feed 800 animals. 800 animals still needed to be fed. And let's not forget, what about all the people that live there as well? You know, yeah. they still had to be fed. Well, you know, paid, right? That's the same mm -hmm. thing. All yeah. these employees. And Mike, how many times during the summer did we used to have to lay people off over the summer and say, we promise you're coming back in August. This was a little bit of a different tactic. And, you know, obviously that's, you're able to have a savings on that. You save a bundle on that, Teresa. And, yeah. you know, one of the questions I have is, you know, to you, and then hopefully we can hear from Joe again, is like, what did they do 
you know, with this extra savings, with this extra money, like what, what did the, did the, this facility look like it was in good condition or was it as ragged down as Netflix made it seem? No, it did not look, I mean, yeah, it wasn't like spick and span like the San Diego zoo, but it was definitely, all right, all right. you know, clean enough. And, and the trailers were decent. I mean, not very clean inside because of the people that live there, but you know, the overall grounds were in fine shape. The gift shop was quite impressive, you know, but, you know, one of the things that he, that I thought was so brilliant that, that Joe did was that he came up with a, a solution, so to speak, where he just picked up the phone and called Arkansas and, you know, talked to Walmart about doing a, about picking up their expired meat, rendering it, and then using it to feed all the animals because, it, you know, and Joe can tell it best. So I would love him to explain it to the readers because I thought it was one of the most brilliant ideas on how to bring extra money into a facility and everybody turned out being a winner. I'd love to hear about this bundle. Oh, uh, you know, uh, it would be today and, and people have tried to ruin it uh, for us. Uh, we have rehomed and rescued more animals because we have the food. Uh, literally today, our meat truck will come in today and we will sort and package and vitamize all the meat that we need to get through till Friday because we'll have another truck come in Friday. And I personally will probably landfill close to 15,000 pounds tonight to go just to be buried in, into the ground at the city landfill because there's nowhere else to go with it. It's just amazing. There was such ingenuity that came into that, you know, getting a hold of Bentonville, Arkansas, making, turning something from waste to food for these tigers. And just incredible that Joe thought of this. Um, I know in produce, you know, a lot of uh, salvage deals or bumper crop type of programs that are set up to avoid food waste. So very interesting stuff and really tying it all back to produce, of course. A couple of produce guys here on this uh, Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, food waste—it's it's a big topic everywhere, especially in the retail stores. Heck, we are still doing research, everyone, to find out if you touch a piece of produce and put it back, do they have to donate it or does it go back on the shelf? We are trying to find that out for sure. Uh, but it is—I mean—that's a pretty cool program. And then the tigers, like they said, they seem happy. Everyone. You can interact with them. I mean, Teresa, you were there. You got to pretty much pet all these baby tigers and ligers. I mean, Joe had one on him during your interview. He had like three on him. Plus three. Two dogs. <laughs> it's like our normal dogs that we have. And he's yeah. like got a liger. It's just, and they, sleep, it, they would sleep with them, you know. And, you know, the other thing that he talked a lot about and I was moved by is that when you rescue an animal, you have a very different relationship, you know, because he, he rescued hundreds and hundreds of animals and you know when you bring them back to hell you bond in a brand new way just like with the baby tigers you know they they opened their eyes and saw joe so by the that's how he could walk into a cage with two mm. giant tigers and not get hurt you know they know him and um and he took care of them you know so the bond is forever and it's amazing i mean there's nothing more i don't think more clean than an animal relationship yeah it's, it's I feel you. You know, hundred so. percent. I mean, like I'm, I'm a dog guy, and I feel like I, I rescued a dog 
and he is it's like it's it's like it's crazy even the ones that i had when you know he was a puppy compared to the one i have that i rescued it is it's a different uh it's a different love for that child right so i mean i i think that they were happy i think they they had comfort of their their mama or their papa you know what i mean right they had the comfort of that and they got to grow up in that environment um but yeah i don't think that the tigers were sitting there uh, Mike going, Oh my gosh, which one is he going to euthanize next? Is it going to be me today? No, I don't think that was the case at all. Like Teresa on the last episode, Teresa, it was more or less like these see the, the tigers were having seizures and yeah, he, he shot five tigers and they were in protocol. But again, right. If the federal government wanted you to see that they would have let you see that. Right. But no, yeah. they wanted to make it towards this guy was an inhumane person. Right. Well, he also talked a lot about how when they grow up, uh, when they're born into captivity and grow up in captivity, they don't, they're, they're, they form differently. So they don't pace around. They don't want to get out. There's like a, they're calmer overall, because if they're going to be stuck in a cage for the rest of their life, at least while they're there, they don't have the same anxiety level as maybe an animal caught from the wild that ultimately ends up in a cage. It's very, very different psychologically for the animals. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. Again, when you look at the industry overall and the challenges that, heck, we have, Mike, in the produce industry, right? Um, and when you look at even immigrant workers coming up, they're doing what's best for their families. We've had this conversation for years, right? And and talking about, you know, reform for, for these migrant field workers, right, Mike? So, and it's like when you bring these people they almost look at you like their family, right? Mike, you bring them into your, your work, you give them a place to stay in some of these, you know, H2A programs. Right. And they look at you like, yeah, you're, you're El Jefe. Right. But they're also looking at you like, this is the guy, this is our family. This is the guy that's holding it all together. Right. Mike. I mean, I know it's a crazy uh, kind of resemblance, right. To try and put that analogy together, but it's kind of true. You have to consider, you know, they're, they're crafted probably from Mexico into the U.S. and the H-2A programs, you know, you have to provide uh, basically everything, housing, food, employment. So you really are going out on a limb, uh, you know, making sure that you're taking care of your workers that you bring over. And I know in regards to, you know, some of these tigers being put down, that's no different than, uh, you know, in the ag industry when you have cattle or dairy farmers that have a sick cow that's beyond saving and they have to put them down. You know, but we're not we're not seeing PETA, you know, blast them, you know, and I'm sure they've been picked on, but uh, we're not seeing PETA blast, you know, our dairy and cattle farmers of the U.S., you know, for doing that. Because bottom line, if the animal's suffering and not able to get back to regular health, you know, they're just going to suffer that, that timeline. It's the humane thing down. to do. And I'm oh, thinking that I people totally on farms have been doing it since history began. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And what yeah. you don't realize is that these cattle farms too, they're normally breeded from the same genes, right? And they pass down these genes, like I said, almost like the killer whales, right? They, they bred them together. So if one has an issue, uh, you could pretty much wipe out a lot of your, your crop or your, your herd because of it as well. So uh, it's just crazy overall. So let's talk about a little bit about the money and the profits, because I know uh, Joe talked about really putting money back into the zoo, building bigger cages. Obviously he would love to have a hundred acre zoo, but all that, you know, it costs money, right? Teresa, you, you talked about the zoo uh, being in a good condition, right? We saw the zoo. I mean, obviously like everybody has their own style of home living. Okay. We're not going to judge anybody on home living. So 
It might've been a little dirty inside the trailers where people lived, but like you said, it was a well-kept up zoo, the gift shop. They had food there. They were serving food to people. Um, obviously what type of, if, if, if we talk to Joe and hear from him, would he say that, yeah, we put a lot of this money that we got from the meat programs and we got from these extracurricular programs, we put it back into the zoo. Well, he had, they absolutely did. Every penny he made, and he said it a couple of different ways, but every penny he made went back into the zoo. It's not like he lived some luxurious lifestyle. He lived the same lifestyle as everybody else on that park. You know, he had, maybe he didn't have a trailer. He had a house. Maybe it was a trailer, actually, now that I think about it. I mean, he really didn't live any differently than any person working at that, at that park. He didn't go on crazy vacations. He didn't buy a lot of stuff. I mean, he bought cute clothes, of course. <laughs> but, uh, but really, the money went into caring for the animals. Always, always, always. They were, you know, it takes a lot of maintenance to keep up a place that size. Mm -hmm. you know, all fixing cages, making sure that you have enough people to work there to feed the animals, to you know, give them water to give them, you know, the vet alone costs money. Everything costs money. It's a, it's a, and it never stopped. It's 24 seven, every, you know, every day of the week, every month of the year, you know, so every day it's, I mean, it's just a like a farm, right? Mike? Upkeep. Yep. A friend of mine whose family guys, I think I work hard. I guarantee they put me to shame. They're working 24 seven. Yep. 365. Well, the oh. other thing that's very similar in these two worlds is that you're at the mercy of the weather. Yeah, you know? always. And weather. like the weather would have a huge, that's why they had lost so much money in the winter. It was because of the weather. People aren't going to go out to an outdoor zoo when it's freezing outside. And there's extra care that then has to go into keeping the animals warm and worrying about them. And if it's pouring mm -hmm. down rain, is something getting flooded? I mean, you are truly at the mercy of the elements. So that's a very similar, I would imagine, a very similar thing that people in your industry have to worry about. Hey, listen, I want to hear from Joe. Let's hear from Joe about where those profits went. And, you know, he talks about it. He, he says it best. It goes yeah. to the animals. It's not about him. Nope. Everything, everything I do uh, goes to these animals. I started this out with a huge trust fund <laughs> that was left by my grandfather. And uh, I have dumped every cent into the care of these animals. And you know, when you, when you go out there, and people like to just think what they like to think online, you know? Oh, you're making money off these animals. You're, you know, you're pocketing all kinds of money off these animals. My chimpanzees live in a better compound than I do. <laughs> I mean, you see my house. <laughs> the sides are falling off. The, the doors don't shut. Uh, because it is for the animals. And, and I believe in karma. And I believe in black clouds. And, you know, I represent 137 other people that have died. And we have three people buried here. And I truly believe that if I didn't do it the way that we set it up to be done and the mission that we done, uh, that we set it up for, uh, I truly believe that, that we would not be able to do what we do today because of, of bad karma. Well, Joe said it best. It's about karma, right? I mean, and he does it for the animals. I mean, listen, if, I, if we were to put every single penny back in, you're right, Mike, you and I would be living together on one of your ranches, right? So would your dad, so would your brother, so would my brothers, right? And you can kind of get that kind of feeling of, yeah, you're running a farm. And if we did 
live on one of your 50 acre ranches, that's probably how it would be. So it's about the animals. It's about the fruit. It's about, you know, what we put into it, man. Right. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. It's about what brings joy to other people. True. Very true. Very true. Well, Teresa, it's been great having you back on. We're going to hear Joe's favorite fruit and vegetable right after this. But first, tell us a little bit more about the upcoming of the judge and the journalists before we let you go for the day. Okay, well, just um, we're, you know, we're wine, we're about a little more than halfway through our season. So really, uh, just a few things that are coming up next, uh, other than we have one more attorney to talk about the whole beginning of the feud between him and Carol and how, what started the whole thing, which was about a trademark copyright issue. And she explains how that whole thing works. And then we've got this guy, Jim Rathman, who is a private investigator. He was on our Discovery ID show and he's amazing. And he did a, a presentation recently at CrimeCon convention where he took all the different parts of the trial and all the things they said, he went through all the transcripts and he, he literally, we do, again, we have to do two episodes with the guy because he has so much information, but he totally brings the audience through the entire story, wraps it up with a big old bow at the end. And you can literally see where every hole was, where it's so, it becomes very clear that Joe was not, you know, that he was set up, that he was not guilty of what he was convicted of. And it's a pretty powerful presentation. So that's coming up in the next month. And then, um, It'll be great to uh, finally get that message out there. I agree. I'm looking forward to hearing more. I'm looking forward to season two, learning more about Carol Baskin and the crazy feud between Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin and just finding justice for Joe, everyone. Whether you believe in the case or not, there's two sides to every story and it's there. You can see it. It's in the proof. All we're asking is just give a second chance, just like you give anybody else. Right, Teresa? Let's Absolutely. hear from what Teresa, the journalist, and Judge Susie, the judge, have to say about this trial and the aftermath. So, Teresa, thanks for coming on, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you in the future. Well, I sure appreciate spending time with you guys, and thank you for having me. You know, it's great to have Teresa on. Learn more about the judge and the journalist, Mike. Uh, I think we're down to the moment. It's the uh, 30 seconds left on the clock, Mike, and we are about to find out Joe Exotic, the Tiger King's favorite fruit or vegetable. A lot of good guesses have come in. Like I told you earlier, man, people are like, eggplant, eggplant, a big banana. Like, come on. Like, you know, they're just throwing some jabs there, Mike. But uh, are you ready? Are you ready to uh, find out? I am ready. Uh, shout out to Teresa and a big thank you to Teresa for coming on. The judge and the journalist. Listeners, check it out. Um, great, great stuff. Very interesting and with the uh, new announcement of the new Tiger King series coming out on Netflix, I think it'd be really fun to listen to the judge and journalist review not only the first Tiger King series, but this upcoming series. So very fun stuff. Definitely ready to hear Big Joe's uh, favorite uh, fruit and vegetable. The, 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 wait, uh, the wait is now over. Yeah, it definitely is, man. Well, I say we get into it. Um, again, if you saw some of the comments that we talked about in the previous episode, there were a lot. There was carrots, there was strawberries, there was grapes, there was bananas, there was eggplant, there was cucumbers, there was broccoli, there was all types. I mean, someone even said 
a star fruit. Like I was like, what? A star? What are they talking about? They're talking about Patrick the starfish? No, I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? It was just there's so many guesses. And again, the whole point of this, you know, after talking to Teresa and being involved with that podcast was just about finding justice for the guy. Listen, whether you believe it or not, it's just something to have an open mind to. Hollywood was at its best, man. And, and I think that that's just given justice for this guy. And we talked about it before, Mike, whether you think he's a, you know, a DB or whatever, it, the guy still deserves a chance. So if we can get the drum roll, please, we are going to ask Joe what his favorite fruit is. So let's hear from Joe what his favorite fruit is. My favorite fruit, um, strawberries. Wait a minute. Hold on, Joe. What was that fruit again? Strawberries. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said it twice, Mike. Strawberries. Dude, you were even so close. You were so freaking close, man. <laughs> Missed it. You know, story of my life, man. A day late and a dollar short, but strawberries. Who would have thought strawberries? I think I was uh, right on my research after the fact. I initially said bananas, then Googled it on what uh, the tigers eat. And that was one of the items was berries, baby. Berries was it. I know we talked about grapes, but strawberries. I could totally see Joe walking around the park, eating his strawberries and then flicking the, you know, the, the tail end of it. You know what I'm saying? So that that's actually pretty cool. You know, strawberries. I'm a strawberry guy. I love strawberries, man. They got to be in the right season. Um, we're actually going to have a uh, berry company on our Fresh from the Field Fridays in the upcoming weeks. I don't know if you know California Giant Berry, Mike? Cal Giant, absolutely. My uh, heyday at uh, my procurement office right out of college did a lot of business with Cal Giant. I spent time out in the uh, Salinas and Watsonville area looking at a lot of their berries and what a great company. Very, very, very good berry supplier. Yeah, I was just skeet shooting with uh, a couple guys at Cal Giant back at SEPC. So we're having them on the show. And I think it's great because they're going to be our first berry company on the show. And that's right. And some of you out there are thinking they're a pretty good brand, though, man. You got to check it out. So let's move to vegetables, though. As I've been on this vegetable journey, um, I definitely never thought an eggplant for Joe. Like, you know what I mean? When people are like, you know, he likes an eggplant. I'm like, what the heck are you guys talking about? I'm like, no, 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 not an eggplant. It can't be an eggplant. I was kind of on like, dude, you got to think when someone's not, I don't carry vegetables around all day, Mike. I mean, I know some people do, but if you are, they got to be a snackable vegetable. So I never really thought to myself that type, you know, I wasn't like, oh, he's going to be this type of guy that carries this vegetable. I'll be real with you, man. I was more like, in my guesses, I'm going to tell everybody now. It was more like, I think potatoes was going to be it. I think it was going to be a spud, right? That, or a mushroom. That was my, that was my guess. Yeah, I didn't log a vote on the, uh, the veg uh, side, but I don't know, man. I heard the comments after, and in my head, I was thinking eggplant as well. So let's see what Joe says, man. I'm curious to hear what his favorite vegetable item is. Uh, cucumbers and ranch dressing. Oh, my gosh. He had to throw the ranch in there. So cucumber with ranch. Joe said it. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't expecting cucumbers with ranch. Hey, I am not surprised there. A lot of the, a lot of the votes that were casted on the vegetable item were cucumbers for they were. various reasons. <laughs> so not surprised. Not surprised. I don't know. Ah. I'm not surprised one bit. Kind of just flowed right into into what what i assumed to be honest i feel like he dramatized it by saying with ranch like i really do mike i really think that was an extra like he like at the last second he was like with ranch, ranch dressing. <laughs> come on pat 
Come on. Do you expect any different from the Tiger no. Team Joe Exotic himself? Come on, man. I, you know, no way. I, I definitely don't. You know what's also funny, Mike, is uh, when we were in this uh, recordings and sessions throughout the last month, it was really funny, and I know I'm going away from the vegetables, but he, he does have some funny, some funny like innuendos that he throws out there. He's very witty as well. He's got some very witty responses. I, I even at one point they, you know, Teresa was like, You got a little bit of Dr. Doolittle in you. And he was like, Oh, I got a little bit more than that in me. <laughs> he starts <laughs> laughing. And I'm just like, this guy, man. Like, you know, again, you know, you got a sense of humor. Um, he's got a heart, right? Heart of gold. I mean, we've seen it on our show, um, just having him on. And, you know, that, that's the thing, right? It comes back. Ready? Strawberries, cucumbers. I love it. He eats produce. That's what we want to hear, everyone. And guess what? He's a human just like we are, right? Mike, he eats fruits and vegetables. It's, a, it's, it's not like a myth. Like, do you remember that movie? You're going to love this. The Interview with James Franco. And they, uh, they went over to uh, Korea, North Korea and did that whole interview. And I remember in the movie, James Franco was like, do you go poo to the North Korean leader? And he's like, he's like, yes, I do. Everybody just, he's like, oh my God, I knew it. I knew you did. You know what I mean? Do you remember that? The interview is a cinema classic in my book. And I absolutely remember that. Um, hilarious film. But um, yeah, I mean, what do you expect from Joe, man? He, he's one hell of a showman and we've learned a lot about him. You know, I think uh, over the past month, you know, talking with Teresa, you know, getting Joe's uh, Joe to weigh in on some of these, uh, some of these uh, topics we've discussed so far, you know, even outside of produce, Hey, it humanizes him. I think uh, the Netflix exactly. you know, initial series, you know, really painted him in a certain light, maybe not the best light and bottom line. I mean, what, what a guy, what, what a, what a human being with a heart of gold, you know, all his charity, uh, charitable uh, efforts that he's done, you know, just, just, it, it sh does shine through. And you can see that with Joe, he is a person, you know, he, he's a good person in my book and he eats produce. So consumption, produce. consumption, consumption. Yeah. You got, you got to love him for that there, but uh, you know, he's a lot of things to a lot of people, but I think this really brings things into focus, to be honest. With you. I agree, man. Well, Mike, it's been great this whole month going through the tiger king fan base right and everybody october is gonna be awesome as well we've got a lot of great companies that are going to be on the show in october since pma is canceled we have a lineup that you are going to enjoy we've got featured sponsors we've got a few that you've never heard of and some that are coming back because we haven't heard enough from them yet so we're looking forward to october Really looking forward to Halloween. If you want to check out last year's Halloween episode, we had Dracula on the show. We had the mummy on the show and we had our dear friend, Mr. Frankenstein's monster, everybody. So definitely check that out. If you're looking for some spooky, ghouly episodes here at the produce industry podcast, Mike, thank you so much. And let's hear from Joe uh, one more time before we jump off. All right, Pat, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, buddy. Cause I saw Tiger, now I understand. I saw Tiger, Tiger Summit. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. 
For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.